0: Blog
1: Talk Radio. It's time for another look back at the Pine Ridge Warriors Blog Talk Radio program, which ran from December 2013 until the death of Marcus Samuel in July of 2015. The anointing of Marcus Samuel was apparent as he taught, prayed, and interacted with callers. We are fortunate to have all of the Pine Ridge Warriors programs and look forward to sharing the best of Marcus Samuel as we retrieve the gems he left behind while hosting the program. Today's segment is entitled, Wisdom for Warriors, Part 2. We pray it will bless you as it has blessed us. Well,
0: um, I want to go back to the scripture uh, that I started with last night in the book of James, the epistle of James. And I want to read that scripture again because I, I, I even uh, remember praying that just a moment ago about the wisdom that we need in this hour as warriors. So in the epistle of James, uh, chapter 1, I want to read quickly uh, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, I'm a candidate for that, let <laughs> him mask of God that giveth to all men liberally, upbraid us not and it shall be given him so we have a father in heaven who is more than willing to give us the wisdom that we need every day and we need his wisdom every day there should not be a day past that we will not entreat the father for a measure of his wisdom that it might be with us that day to withstand the wiles of the adversary to navigate through the trials and tests of life to be wise as a serpent harmless as a dove and to be led by the Spirit of God and, and and be instructed by the Spirit of God throughout each day. And so tonight we are going to again look at some wisdom for warriors. And um, I don't specifically recall exactly where I left off last night, and I may go back and actually rehearse a couple of things, time permitting tonight, that I sp- touched on last night. But um, we, we need to understand that this is a time that we as worship warriors need to access all of heaven's wisdom. Uh, Heaven is full of the wisdom of God. Heaven is full of the joy of God. Heaven is full of the worship of God. It's in the kingdom. And Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come on earth or in earth as it is in heaven. So we want to, by the prayer of faith, access every bit of the wisdom of the Father that we can, because we are truly standing in times of increased testings, uh, increased persecution, um, apparitions, appearances of demonic entities, harassment, vexation, uh, people being tormented and vexed by uh, the increase of demonic presence. And we as believers have to understand that we will be tested and tried, and we will be, you know, um, encountering different demonic entities but that said God gave us power for a victory in every spiritual attack that we can be more than overcomers through him that loved us now sometimes the attacks come amen out of left field sometimes they they, they come we sense something coming and all of a sudden then it shows up but however the attack shows up we as warriors need his wisdom To amen overcome that particular battle, uh, that particular test, and you know the adversary's got a little bit wiser over the course of his existence as the uh, as the devil, as Satan, as Lucifer. And though he has basic strategies and stratagems that uh, still effectively work against believers, the adversary is beginning now to lose amen a new dimension of attacks. And um, I don't want to focus on that tonight, but I want to uh, make you aware that he has done that. He is doing that, and he will continue to do that up until the time he's completely annihilated uh, and and, and cast into his judgment uh, by the presence of the Lord and the coming of the Lord. And one of the things that I believe that uh, the adversary has out there in front of us, increasing more and more now, is distractions. And... A distraction, you know what, it may not necessarily defeat you, but it sure can delay you sometimes. That's why we must keep our faith focused, our eyes and heart fixed upon the Lord himself, looking always unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because if we take our eyes off of the Lord, we become prone to look to the left to the right. We become distracted. Uh, We start magnifying the problem rather than the Lord. Uh, We start uh, sometimes moving into an area of murmuring or complaint or ridicule uh, or or criticizing uh, or or moving into unbelief because we've taken our eyes off the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus, saints, and do not give any attention to distractions that the devil throws your way because what you give your attention to, you empower. What you focus on, you become. And we must stay focused on the Lord himself. And as we stay focused on the Lord himself, on his person, amen, then the Holy Spirit, who will glorify Jesus, will lead us throughout each day. He will cause us to navigate, to be the place we need to be, when we need to be, where we need to be, and see who we need to see. And he will also guide us into being successful and an overcomer in our daily life. So, One word of wisdom tonight to the worship warriors is do not give place to distractions. Distractions can come through people. Distractions can come from the spirit realm. Uh, Distraction can come through uh, uh, the voice of strangers. There are many voices out there, but the only voice that we need to heed and pay uh, obedience to is the voice of the Lord himself. And he's promised us that if we will heed his voice, he will give us good success. Uh, If we meditate upon him and his word, he will cause us to be of good courage and have success. And so watch out for those distractions. Uh, Distractions can come in many forms. Um, A lot of the mighty men of God, you need to watch out for the Delilahs out there because they want to get close to you for the wrong reason. Now, I don't know why this is coming up, but, you know, the word of the Lord to you this night, mighty men of God, is watch out for the Delilahs, you know, There was a man named Samson in Scripture that was mighty in strength and power and ability through the gifting of God. But all of a sudden, a Delilah spirit started trying to court him and seduce him, and uh, it was successful. Uh, He ended up having his hair shorn, and he lost his strength. Uh, He gave up his vow, Uh, but then there come a time when he was in jail or in prison, And he was uh, grinding in in a circle as a slave. The the word of the Lord come back to him that uh, he had taken a Nazarite vow. And that's when Samson prayed, remember me. So maybe some of you mighty men of God have been uh, taken into the allurement or into the seduction of that delilah spirit. You you might be having fantasies. You might be having sexual lust stirred up in your flesh. Now, Lord, I don't know why you're taking me this way tonight, but let's just go with it. Here we are. You might be, Amen, having problems with uh, addictions uh, like pornography uh, via, you know, DVD or the internet or whatever that might be. But there are Jelliah spirits out there that have been specifically assigned to go ahead and try to take the mighty men down. Uh, there's a scripture, and I think it's First Samuel, where it speaks of the mighty men that have fallen, and we have seen many anointed men of God and women of God over the course of time, amen, uh, gives place to the devil. And the devil was after their call, after their anointing, after their gift, after their ministry. And because we were not sometimes, you know, uh, attuned or discerning of the adversary's intent and the attack, well, we have to understand that if we give place to the devil, he's going to make place to, amen, try to take us out. Try to take us down, especially people who are called into, you know, what I call frontline ministry, because amen. When a mighty man or woman of God falls, it has a residual effect upon the entire body. The body goes into like shock and awe. Uh, they become discouraged. They become critical. They become judgmental. And uh, so, when a mighty man of God or woman of God is, you know, uh, given to temptation and take a fall, whatever the course might be. Amen. Um, it, it does. It sends shockwaves uh, throughout the entire body of Christ, and people react to it, uh, and, and they become fearful. They become fearful to, you know, attend the local church, to support ministries, uh, to give, to pray, and uh, because they're thinking, well, you know, if a mighty man, a woman of God like this can fall, you know, and I'm just another, you know, member of the body, uh, how much more so, you know, uh, scary is it for me that I might fall or fall away? Or, or be seduced but you know we don't need to focus on that uh, what we need to focus on is the Lord Jesus we need to focus upon him as being the one that rent the veil who was the first overcomer who was the one that called us as uh, sons and daughters to follow him in the path of overcoming grace overcoming victory and understanding and knowing that greater is he that's in us than he is in the world so you know we need to stop looking at the failures and we need to look at he who was total success, and that is the Lord Jesus. Because once you start looking at failure, you become what you give your attention to. The Bible says in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you think on in the majority of time is what you're going to lend your attention to. What you lend your attention to is what you lend your power to, and what you give power to, you become. And so rather than looking at the false or the failure, I want to encourage every warrior tonight to look at the true, the authentic, and the genuine. For every counterfeit, there has to be an authentic. You know, Satan is just a counterfeiter. He cannot come up with an original thought. All he can do is counterfeit a thought that God already established or a design or purpose that God already established. The only thing that Satan can do is counterfeit the Father. The Father is sovereign. He is God. Besides him, there is no other. And God is creative. God is very unique in his design and purpose of humanity. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made, having various different gifts and graces and calls and anointings. Amen. So, you know, the adversary will try to counterfeit, amen, every authentic gift of God. And that's why people have gotten so nervous because they've indeed seen the uh, seductive, seducing type, uh, false counterfeit gifts come into the body. And it sometimes leaves a bad taste in their mouth about the true, authentic, genuine gifts. And uh, I've used this analogy before. It's common. It's not a big revelation. But when uh, people are hired at a bank, uh, tellers who have to handle money every day, the passing and back and forth of money, they're not trained with counterfeit money. They're trained with the authentic, genuine bills. And by seeing, touching, feeling, sensing, observing the authentic, then they can recognize the counterfeit very quickly. And I think that one of the reasons that so many Christians have succumbed to the deception of the false and counterfeit is because they've never spent enough time focusing on the true, the authentic, and the genuine. Because once you focus on the truth, and once you ask the Father for the discerning of spirit, to try, amen, the spirits, uh, to, to prove everything, and to hold fast that which is good, you'll have a better ability to withstand being seduced by the counterfeit. And what happens is the adversary brings a spirit of fear. Now, the Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if we have a spirit of fear, the Father didn't give it to us. But the adversary will cause people to focus on the false and then cause them to become afraid. And when they become afraid, they withdraw, pull back, start examining and questioning, amen, with negativity. And they're not circumspect in their uh, overview of of what they're examining. They're they're not leaning to the Spirit. They're leaning to their own understanding. They're trusting their own ability to reason or figure things out with their carnal mind. Well, the carnal mind is enmity against God. You cannot amen, discern the authentic from the false through leaning to your own understanding or someone else's perspective or someone else's uh, opinion. You have to go to the Lord himself and examine Amen, to see if this thing is of faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So there's one key right there for, amen, the warriors. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If something is ministering to you or someone is ministering to you and they're not ministering faith to you, then what they're ministering to you is sin. Now, that's a hard word, but it's true. That's what the Scripture says. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You have to take heed to what you hear. You can't just listen to anybody and everything out there today, even in so-called Christian circles, because the truth has fallen to the streets, just like justice has fallen to the streets. Amen. Uh, The uncompromised truth of the word as a whole is not being declared like it should be, because, amen, the purveyors of the pulpit ministry, amen, uh, I I said pulpit, not puppet, although I could also probably rightfully use that word in some cases because they become a puppet of a religious system. But the truth is not being preached to the degree it should be. We're not contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints in all too many cases. So we have to take heed to what we hear. We must hear the uncompromised, inspired, God-breathed Word of God. We must hear it taught and preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because it's the Spirit that quickens illuminates and gives life and gives direction in and to the written word. We must have the teacher, the Holy Spirit, amen, our heavenly mentor, to instruct us in the truth of the word. We cannot, amen, uh, rightfully, amen, study to show ourselves approved without his help. It takes the help of the Holy Ghost just to rightly read your Bible and rightly divide the word. Amen, Uh, I'm sorry, I don't care how many degrees you might have hanging on your wall, but if the Holy Spirit's not your teacher you're going to end up in tradition and doctrine and heresy. And, and, and uh, look, look at what's happening in the body of Christ today. Notable men of God, notable movements are selling out and, and, and giving heed in, uh, to doctrines of devils. They're, 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 they're saying that uh, Islam and Christianity is the same thing, they're calling it Chrislam. They're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And I'm talking about notable mega-ministries that should know better but no, they're selling out to the spirit, amen, of deception. So please, amen, uh, guard your heart, amen, and, and ask the Father through the Holy Spirit to form within you his truth in your inward parts, in your spirit, man. Uh, pray every day, building up your faith in, in, in God with the Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So we need to watch distractions because if you give yourself to a distraction, the next thing you know, you'll be experiencing subtraction. Did you hear what I said? If you give yourself to distraction, you'll be, amen, subject to subtraction. The enemy will start subtracting from you your time of prayer, your time of worship, your time of fellowship, your time of intimacy, your time with relationship with him and other believers, Amen. So distraction leads to subtraction. Don't give yourself to, amen, any kind of distraction. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Now, another word of wisdom for uh, w- the worship warriors is to guard your imaginations. Um, now, I, I, need, I need to bring this out from the Word of God because what I want to say, I've said it before, I've taught it before, but I want you to see that this is in the Word. You have been given the power of imagination. Imagination was not created by the devil. Imagination in and of itself can be either righteous or unrighteous. Now, in the book of Genesis, there came a time, amen, when uh, the Lord found that the entirety of humanity, except for Noah and his family, their entire heart uh, was filled with the imaginations of evil. Uh, They were at the top of the cup being filled of the fullness of evil because they did not guard their imaginations. They did not guard their hearts. They turned from the Lord and turned to other powers and influences and sin and, and, and demonic teachings and demonic influence. They didn't guard their imaginations. Now, God has given you the gift of imagination. God created you with an imagination. Now, if you're created in his likeness and image and he gave you an imagination, guess what that means? That means the Lord Himself has imagination. Before God ever created, He thought. He had an image, He had a thought in His own creative heart. Amen. And He began to see what He wanted to create. And then He spoke what He thought. And it was. And God says seven times in the book of Genesis after He created these things, He said, It is good. So we need to guard our imagination. God gave you an imagination. And you can use it for righteous sake or evil purposes. And the adversary will take every opportunity that he can to try to defile and corrupt your imagination. The Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, he actually addressed this. And I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give... And this is a prayer that he's praying may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So here again we find the Lord addressing the spirit of wisdom. When you ask the Father for wisdom, he will cause the spirit of wisdom to become operative in you. The spirit of wisdom is simply the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in the aspect of divine wisdom. And when you begin to experience his wisdom, the next thing that you'll experience is revelation. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, again, we find the Spirit of God in in this scripture referring to the Spirit of wisdom. When wisdom comes through the Holy Spirit, then revelation in the knowledge of Jesus will come. Now, here's the verse I want to get to in respect to imagination. In verse 18, in Paul's prayer for the Ephesian believers, He prayed that, first of all, the spread of wisdom and then revelation and the knowledge of Jesus would be given to the believers. But then in verse 18, Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Now, that word understanding in the Greek, if you go back and study it thoroughly, you will find that it has a reference to the faculty of imagination. Again, the Lord himself used the word imagination in Scripture. He used the word imagination when he was referring to the fall of the people in the book of Genesis. So, in the prayer of, uh, of Paul, he prayed that the eyes of their understanding or imagination would be enlightened. Now, when he prayed that their imagination be enlightened, what he was praying for was that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus would be given to them through spiritual perception, through their spiritual eyes. You know, you have a set of natural eyes, but you also have a set of spiritual eyes. And when you have your spiritual eyes open, and I'm not talking about this, you know, New Age false doctrine, satanic third eye kind of stuff, okay? Uh, It's it's the occult, it's the Satanists, it's the New Agers that believe in the, you know, third eye. But Paul is talking about a spiritual eye of your understanding or, amen, uh, your imagination. And so when your eyes are opened, then your imagination is enlightened or light is brought to your imagination by the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The Lord wants you to be full of light. He wants your spirit, your soul, and yes, yes, even your body, To be full of light. Now, I'm going to have to do a teaching on the light of God sometime because when you start, amen, studying about the light of God, it gets so glorious it makes you want to shout. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to run. It's powerful. But he wants your imagination enlightened, full of the light of the glory of God. He does not want your imagination darkened, defiled, or corrupted. And I believe that as we enter into these end times, We are going to see the Spirit of God take our understanding or our imagination up to another level of creativity. God wants people that are creative. God wants people, amen, to be able to create. uh, And and when I say create, I mean uh, to call those things that are not as though they are and see them manifest in the natural and the spiritual. There's another whole teaching right there. Now, understand you need to guard your imagination, you need to guard it, amen, and uh, you need to be alert and aware of the thoughts, influence, or impressions that are trying to influence your imagination. Um, and, and In fact, you know what, brothers and sisters, that's where all sin begins. The sin does not begin in the action. The sin begins with the thought. It begins when you start imagining something or you start fantasizing about something through your imagination. And once you give power to that thought, that defiled thought, that corrupt thought, that lustful thought, then you open up a place for it to lodge in your imagination like a seed. A seed will not stay dormant in your soul. A seed will be watered by constant, repetitive thoughts that you give place to, whether good or bad. But if they're bad, if they're evil, if they're of the evil one, then that seed will begin to sprout. And grow. And before you know it, you have a tree and not a seed. Now you're contending, amen, with the tree life of evil thinking, bad fruit. And it will lock you into an addictive pattern. It will lock you into, amen, lustful actions. And before you know it, you become defiled. You see, this is how fantasy works. Fantasy begins as, amen, pictures coming to your imagination. And your imagination can either embrace them or reject them. You can bring every thought subject to the obedience of Christ, or you can contemplate it, think about or hold on to that thought. But if it's evil, it becomes a fantasy, which becomes a stronghold. And that's why so many people today, yes, even Christian believers, are not walking in victory because they've allowed the enemy to establish a mental stronghold. And they become subject to greed, uh, lust, pornography, whatever it might be, because as you entertain those fanciful thoughts and they become, amen, rooted in your imagination, then the ultimate uh, act is an obsession where you are constantly bombarded by that thought pattern. You can't break it. You can't run from it. You can't, amen, tear yourself away from it. And, and incessantly throughout the day or throughout the night, whether it be in conscious thought or day, ...or in dream state at night. It can become an obsession. And um, an obsession will make you a prisoner of pictures. Now, let me repeat that. An obsession will make you a prisoner of pictures... ...where you constantly, in your mind... ...in the eye of your mind... ...in your imagination... ...the, the, 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 the screen is constantly playing. You can't turn the TV off. Amen? It's constantly amen, allowing you to be harassed... ...and vexed and tormented... ...and tempted by those defiled pictures... So this is a very important thing, you know, worship warriors. We need wisdom to guard our imagination so that it won't become defiled. Now, I want to finish verse 18 because when Paul is praying this prayer for the Ephesian believers, he specifies something that it opens up. In verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding or your imagination being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I don't know how many people I've had ask me, brother marcus what is your calling well now i cannot tell you unless the spirit of god gives me an unction and through revelation speaks it to my heart and it may be you know uh given to you in a prophetic word but i mean 99 percent of the time i don't know what your calling is um you know and 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 i appreciate people wanting us to pray about that we will pray about that we do pray about that and we we've we've told people and And we've confirmed to people, well, this is what the Lord has called you to do, and it's been confirmation, Uh, it's been insightful, it's been revelatory, and, and they've embraced it and fulfilled it. But God wants to speak to you first about what your calling is. Every one of you have a calling. Now, when I use the word calling, I don't mean necessarily a calling where you have to stand behind a pulpit on Sundays or Wednesdays, but I'm talking about a life calling. People can have a ministerial calling or a spiritual calling and yet be, amen, involved in a secular operation or occupation. Now, having said that, I actually don't believe myself that there's a distinction. Anything secular that you've been called into can be sanctified by God as being spiritual. You can be a fireman, you can be a policeman. You can be, amen, uh, uh, an EMT. You can even be, amen, um, um, a lawyer, an attorney, amen, uh, uh, a drill sergeant. Any type of secular occupation can be sanctified by God when you're called into it because it's the altar that sanctifies the gift. That's what Jesus taught. So, amen, if you have a gift and you have a calling and you bring that to the altar of surrender to the Lord, Whatever that calling might be, whether it seems secular or spiritual, amen, when it's sanctified by God, he gives you favor, anointing, and power to fulfill that calling. I know many, amen, well, I shouldn't say many. I I know several, amen, um, Jesus-loving, devil-hating, sin-abstaining attorneys and, and, and other people in different positions and some that I won't mention Amen. Uh, Not that it's bad or evil; it's just that you know uh, I I don't want to say too much about that to set them out there. But when God calls you into a calling, Amen, He is going to allow you to understand what that calling is by opening the eyes of your understanding and your imagination. And and uh, and so often the Lord will, Amen, take you through a history of what you have lived or done prior, Amen, in life. Because remember, uh, Jesus, when he called Peter, Peter was a fisherman. And then he said, now I'm going to make you a fisherman of men. So, you know, Peter had a somewhat successful, you know, fishing business. But when Jesus called him, amen, to follow him, well, then Jesus, the real fisherman, showed Peter what he could do. In fact, he broke Peter's nets because the abundance was so, amen, prevalent after Jesus taught Peter how to fish. You see, so you may be involved in a so some or, or somewhat would call a secular calling, but when Jesus gets a hold of you in that secular calling, amen, he will cause you to follow him. And, and, and there are people that once you come to Jesus, you don't necessarily have to give up your lifetime occupation. In fact, amen, many of you, will be empowered to be a better blessing and more fruitful and more productive in what you're doing right now once you let the Lord become the head of your life. Once he becomes your Lord and, and you surrender your occupation to him, you surrender your business to him, you don't have to give it up necessarily. Now, some will be called to simply walk away and embrace full-time ministry, but many of you will stay in the marketplace. You'll stay in your present assignment and your present occupation But when you let the Lord take the reins and let him teach you how to fish, you're going to see that he will cause you to succeed and abound in that which he's called you to be and called you to do. So in this context here of Ephesians 1.18, the prayer for the eyes of your understanding or your imagination being enlightened has much to do with what your calling is and what the hope of your calling is. Now, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Many of you have been called and many of you have been chosen, but men in positions and power, perhaps they were jealous or threatened by your anointing, they tried to rob you of the hope of your calling. They tried to tell you that you weren't qualified. They tried to tell you that you were not called into ministry. They tried to talk you out of, amen, pursuing the Lord and fulfilling the full course of your ministry. They persecuted you, talked about you. They took their amen, uh, uh, stones and, and threw them at you. They, they, they lodged their uh, spirit at you like, amen, Saul did David. Amen, they tried to dissuade you, amen, from fulfilling your calling. They tried to rob you of hope. And many of you have had a sick heart. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, the word sick there also translates not into just mental anguish or depression or fear or anxiety, But the word sick in that verse that says again, hope deferred makes the heart sick, also has a connotation of physical illness. Did you know that if someone robs you of the hope of your calling, you can end up literally physically sick? You can become vexed by numerous types of infirmities because in some way you may have allowed someone to talk you out of the hope of your calling. You knew you were called. You knew God appointed you. You knew God chose you, and many of you tried it. You launched out there. But be it demon or man, they tried to rob you of your destiny, of your God-given purpose. Amen? They tried to take your hope away, and you ended up getting sick, not just mentally with you know anguish or anxiety or depression or fear, amen, but some of you, amen, actually became physically vexed in your physical body symptoms started showing up, and the next thing you know, you were experiencing certain types of infirmities or illnesses for no reason, because many times sickness may be generational, Your, your ancestors may have experienced certain types of physical infirmities, and therefore it was brought down the bloodline, but a lot of times, these illnesses just show up for no reason. In fact, some of these illnesses, you can actually go to a medical physician and have your body checked out. And they will tell you there's no reason that you should be having this, uh, this illness, infirmity, or even these symptoms. Now, how can that be? Because it's not simply just a physical thing. It can also be a men, mainly a spiritual thing. But it can translate into physical infirmity if it's allowed to stay there and lodge there and remain there. So for you that have been called and chosen of God to have a ministry... I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding, your imagination tonight, be enlightened by the light of God through the Holy Spirit, that you may see what is his hope for your calling. You may have not ministered for years, months. You may have been put aside on the sideline. You may have been shut down and told to shut up, not to preach and teach, especially, amen, in some churches where, amen, they have a theological Belief that women have no place to preach or teach. Well, I'm sorry, because my Bible says that when God comes to pour out his spirit, he's no respecter of gender. In fact, in Christ, there's neither male nor female. Not in the natural, thank God I can tell the difference. Amen. But in the spirit of God, when he comes in his outpourings, he does not respect a person's gender. The Bible says in the book of Acts, that God comes to pour out his purpose on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They shall be handmaidens of the Lord as well as sons of God and men of God. Women have been, amen, critiqued unrighteously. They've been castigated, amen. Uh, they, and, and you know what? You know, Christians talk about how uh, certain other belief systems treat their women. Well, sometimes the Christians aren't no better. They belittle the women. They belittle the very gift that God gave Adam. They belittle, Amen, the, the very graces and the giftings of women in the body of Christ. Women can be anointed and called and chosen just like men. And for those religious spirits that don't believe that, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Amen. Jesus can amen loved his 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 bride. The the church, the real church, is the bride of Christ. And and I'm recalled again to say this, what I said last night. Paul talked about, amen, uh, you know, loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Amen. For you men out there that say you love God and and you love the house of prayer, but you don't treat your wife right, you you, you put her under condemnation and fear and anxiety, and you you, you watch over her, and, and, and you spy on her because you don't trust her. You need to repent. Because you have to love your wife like Christ does the church. The love of God is not suspicious. The love of God is not controlling. The love of God is not manipulating. The love of God does not put you in bondage to your own person. Amen? Men, you don't have power over your own body. Neither does the women. You are to give yourselves mutually one to another in honor and love. Now, I don't know why I'm going this way tonight, but that's just the the trail I'm on. So let's do like a good dog and hunt it for a minute. But you have to love your wife, amen, as Christ loved the church. And, and you women have to love your husbands. And, 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 and by you loving them, man loving the wife, wife loving the man, God is going to cause your children, amen, to see an example of godly fear and godly love and godly walk. And, and they'll be trained up in that way, and they'll not forsake it. And if they do backslide, by the grace of God, they'll come back. Let me get back to Ephesians 1, 18 real quick. I want to finish this. This is important. Uh, we're almost through the first hour here. Glory to God. Okay, again, 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory is or of his inheritance in the saints. You want to know where the inheritance of God is? It's right where the Bible says it is. It's inside you. If you're a child of God, There are riches of his glory and of his inheritance deposited in you. And the only way that you can begin to access that hidden wisdom and hidden knowledge of that glory and that inheritance is by looking to Jesus. Because the Bible says, in Christ is all wisdom and all knowledge. Amen? So Christ in us is the hope of glory. We have to see Christ unveiled in us. We have to die to self, we have to die daily, and allow ourselves to live unto God, to His righteousness, because we have none of our own. Uh, I've got to read verse 19, too, because this is also powerful. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, verse 20, which He wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenlies. There is a supernatural exceeding greatness of his power working in you. Now, you may not be acknowledging it, and that's why you're not experiencing it. You've got to, first of all, know it is there and it's part of your inheritance as a son or daughter of God. And to access the inheritance, there has to be a death. And the death that the Lord is looking for is the death of your flesh, the death of your carnality. Because you will never truly discover the greatness of his power in you, amen, till you first die that he might live. You must die that he might live. He must increase that you might decrease. When you come to that place of death to self, and you're crucified with Jesus at the cross by faith, as it teaches in Romans chapter 6 and chapter 7, you will then begin to experience the resurrection power of his life in you, that supernatural power working in you in mighty power. It's there. It's inside you, but you'll never access it or recognize it if you don't acknowledge it. Now, the reason that God has allowed me to be able to navigate through spiritual dimensions in Christ, and I emphasize that in Christ, amen, and have different supernatural encounters with him because I've reckoned myself dead to him. And I've tasted and experienced his resurrection life in my mortal body. You don't have to die, amen, to experience his resurrection life. The Apostle Paul taught in Scripture that his anointing can quicken your mortal body and make you alive right now. Supernatural strength, supernatural health, supernatural experiences, supernatural encounters are available to you because that's part of your inheritance. Too many of you tonight are not accessing your full inheritance. I got so excited, amen, just a few weeks ago when Brother Curtis had his first open vision because, you see, he was obedient to a word that God gave him. And when he, amen, received that word in faith and believed it and believed God, he was established to experience a supernatural open vision. Now, I've got news for Brother Curtis, amen, he's ready to experience more as he keeps being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to the word of the Lord that has been given to him in relationship to his inheritance. Amen. Brother Curtis has an awesome spiritual inheritance. You out there listening tonight, you have an awesome spiritual inheritance. But many of you have not been able to access, amen, the benefit as being the beneficiary of that will, of that testament, because you've not died yet. Saints, die to yourself, die to your ego, die to your flesh, and let Christ live in you. I have personally seen through uh, this ministry and and others as well that God has raised up the Lord heal cancer. Um, You know, when we hear the term cancer, what happens is it brings great fear to us, and fear feeds on itself and actually begins to amplify the progression of that. Uh, If you want to know the truth, and I'm not a physician. But if you want to know the truth, amen, every infirmity has a spirit behind it. Uh, It is the adversary who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, even through physical infirmity, ailments, and diseases. Uh, The stripes of Jesus healed us on the cross of all disease. In the eyes of God, cancer is just another name. In the eyes of men, it brings great fear, and even when people are faced with a so called terminal condition They can still be healed I don't care if it's stage 1, 2, 3 or even stage 4 of cancer God himself through the power of his shed blood Through his son Jesus Has the power to heal any and every disease Every infirmity If you can only believe God tonight For what might seem to be the impossible Then you're on the right track Because with God all things are possible And to him that believes all things are possible so tonight, dear one, you that you have been given a bad report by the medical uh, society, and I'm not doubting doctors. Men can only do what they can do. And when men have done all that they can do, God can take over, and he can, amen, perform a supernatural miraculous healing. Cancer is just another name. But I know a name tonight that's above every other name in heaven, on earth, and below. And that name is Jesus tonight. So I'm going to ask everyone to join me in that name of Jesus right now. And we speak to the immune system of this one that has been given a bad report. This so-called terminal condition does not have to remain terminal because with God all things are possible. Another word of wisdom for the warriors is that you need to know this. Satan will put out a threat assessment against you. Now, why does he do that? Because he wants to abort your ministry before it ever gets started. Or sometimes he'll wait until you're at the pinnacle of your ministry success and then try to take you out. That's why having a mentor and a trusted friend is important. I heard just someone relay to me a message today that someone said, they was telling me that a certain person said they can make it themselves. By themselves. Saints, we need the Lord and we need each other. As much as you think you might be able to walk this walk by yourself, you cannot do that. God never ordained that you walk alone. God ordained that you be connected to his body. Now, when I say his body, I'm not necessarily talking about being connected to a local church. If you're attending a local church that is not preaching the word of God, and not demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to make a decision. But if you're looking for a church, you can still be connected to his body until you find a church that is preaching the truth and moving in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can still be connected spiritually to other intercessors, other Christian friends. It it can be near or far. But you do need some trusted friends that you can call, pray with, had them pray for you, had them to give you, amen, uh, some uh, uplifting words, some encouragement. You need that. Now, there are times that we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord, but God has ordained that we be a part of his body. And if you're blessed to have a truth-preaching church, stay there, bloom there, amen, be fruitful there, be faithful there. If you're not part of a religious institution, good, you don't need to be, amen. But you can still have other believers uh, to be connected to you, even if you're not attending a local assembly at this present time. Some of you have been called out of a religious system, and God is working in you and on you at this present time. He does not want you to go into a dead and dry place. Amen? And He, he wants you to be uh, fruitful and, and live and be productive and bear the fruits of the Spirit and have a victorious walk with God. And um, this is a hard saying, but many times you can, amen, walk closer to the Lord outside of the house than you can inside a house. When a house of prayer is divided, it's no longer a house of prayer. When evil surmisings, when suspicion and criticism and jealousy and all the other works of the flesh are operating in an environment, that place needs to repent, and if it doesn't repent, the people don't need to stay there. Uh, You you need to, amen, find a place of fellowship with other like-minded believers or start a, amen, a home Bible study in your own home or just, amen, remain faithful to the Lord in that temporary time of dislocation. You'll see because God is dislocating the religious house right now that he might realign you with his, amen, house of prayer, a true place of worship where the Word of God is taught and preached in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and you see God do something. You know, the worst thing I could think of is having to go to a dead, dry church. The worst nightmare that I could have is having to sit in a religious dead, dry church to listen to a half an hour liturgy of nothing but the amen uh, doctrines of, of men and now doctrines of demons are being preached from pulpits across America. That is the worst torment to me because I I was there for a season when, (laughs) glory to God, I was being taught and trained, amen, uh, by the Lord. And I had to go through certain, amen, denominational uh, institutions. And and you need to hear this. Myself, I'm not against denominations. I'm against religion. I believe that, that there are people who are still in denominational churches that really do love Jesus they uh, are being fed to a certain degree, amen, truth. And if God wants them to stay there, you stay there to be a light in the midst of darkness. If he wants you to leave, run, flee, and do it quickly. But you, you, you need to ask the Lord, amen, um, uh, about your placement of planting, amen. He may want to cause you to stay or relocate. That's totally up to him. To be honest, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you need to do what? Well, you do have a choice, but just don't make the wrong choice. Put it that way. But, um, you know, Satan will put a threat assessment out against you because he sees your potential. The devil is out to destroy God-given potential. He's out to sabotage God-given potential. He's out to abort talents, gifts, and graces given to you by the Holy Spirit. And one of the strongest methods of sabotaging you is not necessarily from the devil, but it's through religious people. Religious people, Sadducees and Pharisees, were consistently trying to sabotage Jesus and his mission that was assigned to him by the Father. But you know what? Through wisdom, he overcame every accusation, every, amen, uh, uh, trial and test that they put him through. Religious people will put you through, amen, a nightmare. They will put you through hell. They will put you through amen, uh, almost unsurmountable, amen, trials and tests to test your faith, to get you to become cold in your faith, to walk away from your faith. So that's why it's Satan will do a threat assessment on you. Threat assessments are only done on people with potential. If the adversary is not bothering you, he's not tempting you, he's not testing you, he's not persecuting you, well, you don't have to worry because he's already got you. You you don't have to be, amen, concerned about that. But when you are a child, a son, a daughter of the Most High God, and you know you're called and you know you're chosen, and you desire Him above all else, you want to fulfill the call of God upon your life, Satan will put a threat assessment out on you, and he will try, amen, in every means possible to get to you and get through your armor and get to your heart and cause your heart to turn away from the Lord. But you tonight are out there, you're listening because you love the Lord. You love truth. And if there are any shields or any religious people out there tonight, I pray for you. I love you. Amen. Um, I hope you stay connected to every program we do because you might learn something and you might even get saved. And that would be great because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would be saved and have everlasting life. That's the heart of God for you. God is not willing that no one should perish. Amen. I don't care what type of sin a person has got caught up in or fallen into. The Lord loves you. Amen. And, and, and he wants to cause you to come to him to understand that there is redemption for you. You do not have to be a lost cause. Amen. sometimes churches, sometimes religious people will write you off, and they will castigate you. Uh, and, 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 you know, to be honest, sometimes the very religious people that cast you out are the ones that's got the worst problem. Come to the woman who was taken in adultery. The, the Pharisees brought her to Jesus. And what are you going to do with this woman? Well, Jesus knew exactly what to do because he exposed the sin of those that uh, brought her to him. Amen. And so some of you that have been, you know, uh, betrayed by Christians or, or you've been castigated because of your appearance or your, your you know, choice of life or whatever that might be, amen, the Lord still loves you. Amen. Don't let religion stand in the way of you coming to Jesus. Don't let religion be the rock that will take you out. Don't let Amen religion be the stone of stumbling that will cause you, Amen, not to find the path towards the Lord Jesus. Jesus loves you. Amen. And if you don't know him tonight, we, we ask that you please call upon his name that you might be saved. Amen. So uh, many of you got a threat assessment upon you tonight. That means you're targeted. By the devil Now that should not bring no fear at all If anything that should bring praise and celebration to God That God counted you worthy To endure these tests and endure these trials God counted you worthy Just like he did his servant Job I've said this before Job was out just amen being blessed of God And the devil wasn't even thinking about Job But the Lord tapped the adversary on the shoulder And said look have you considered my servant Job And the Lord has tapped Amen the adversary Uh, On the shoulder on the behalf of many of you tonight and that's why you've been going through these trials and tests that have increased you've suffered loss you've suffered this you've suffered that but in the end God is going to restore amen everything plus that the adversary has taken from you. There is a season of restoration a due season that you'll be favored in Zion and God is going to restore to you what the devil's taken from you. Now another key of wisdom that I want to share with the warriors tonight is this. Do not lose your revelation of the image of God in you. Because, see, the adversary wants to, amen, steal, corrupt, or defile the image of God that you have about yourself. And one of the most successful ways that Satan does this is that he lures people into addictions. Now, there's all kinds of addictions. We don't even have time to list them all tonight. But one type of addiction that really is a thief to the image of God is substance abuse. Why? Because substance abuse changes the person you actually are. Any kind of abuse allows another personality to emerge in you. Did you know that? And people believe the lie that addictions will help you deal with the pain of life. Addictions will not help you deal with the pain of life. It will only magnify the problems and complicate them. And addictions dull your spiritual senses to properly respond to God. That's why, amen, the adversary wants to attack warriors with addictions. And it doesn't have to be a big or major addiction. It can be something like a small fox addiction. It's the small foxes that spoil the vine, that spoil the grapes, amen, that spoils the revelation and the life and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on a believer's life. He'll send those small foxes in, and they'll sneak in, amen, through Amen. the walls of salvation, and they'll try to it, it begin to eat away that very joy and that peace and that life that God has placed there. And then as you start feeling depressed, you, you feel that you need something to help, amen, bring you back to a sense of reality, well, you may try this or that, some kind of an addiction, amen, to try to, amen, substitute what you feel you lost. It won't work, amen. So do not give place to any kind of substance abuse because it's simply a false high. Any kind of substance abuse is a false high. Alcohol, uh, marijuana, amen, or any kind of other drug is simply a false high, but it can lead to a deadly low. Any false high can lead to a deadly low. So do not give place to any kind of temptation to embrace any kind of addiction. Amen. You have been warned. Amen. Uh, I also want to say that we must not come to a place where we worship God And won't pray to him. Did you hear what I said? We must not come to a place where we worship God or worship a God that we won't pray to. And neglect his word. Now, I call you worship warriors because you have learned to love to worship God. You have worshipped him in truth and in spirit. And I commend you on your worship. But I warn you, as much as you worship, please do not neglect prayer nor neglect the study of the written word, okay? I know people who are strong in worship, amen, but they're weak in the word. I, I had a conversation with a brother a couple of weeks ago, and this brother, I, I know he truly loves the Lord, and he, he spends time in worship, he spends time you know, in, in uh, seasons of adoration to the Lord, but when I ask him about certain scriptures, he could not even quote the scripture correctly. Strong in worship but weak in the Word. And and I've been praying for this brother because I love this brother. I I, I see a a hidden treasure in his heart that others perhaps don't even see themselves. But I say this, amen, we must have the time to pray and the time to worship and the time to study the Word. You see, there's a scripture I love because it has so many applications. The Bible says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, you may have a strong cord of worship, but no cord of study or prayer. You may have a strong cord of worship and prayer, but no study. Or you may have a strong cord of study and prayer, but no worship. Well, what you need to do is you need to allow the Holy Spirit to connect those cords. Worship, prayer, and study. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. And and so I encourage you, worship warriors tonight. As much as you love to worship, and worship at your best. Worship at the direction of the Holy Spirit, at the unction of the Holy Ghost. Worship every morning, every noon, every night, and every time in between. But at the same time, please, I exhort you not to diminish your study of the Word or rob yourself of time in that secret place of prayer. The stronger your study and prayer become, the greater your intensity of worship will become. Amen? The stronger your worship is, because it works both ways, the stronger your worship is, it should also birth a desire to pray more and to study more, because it is a threefold cord that God wants to establish. Another word of wisdom for you tonight. Don't take on everybody else's problem that God did not assign to you. Now, that's probably one of the most wise things that I've said in all of this teaching tonight. And I need to repeat that because some of you, amen, you want to be a part, you want to help, you want to relieve, you want to deliver, amen. You want to be, amen, everything to everybody. But there's a time that you must not take on everybody else's problems that God did not assign to you. In helping people most effectively, you have to be directed and anointed by the Holy Ghost. You need to be led by the Spirit in all that you do. Yes, that includes helping people. Amen? Now, there are so many people and so many different types of needs that you start to feel overwhelmed like I did because I have to make a confession. I love people. I love to help people. But there's been times as of recent I realized that in my helping people, I wasn't directed to the Holy Ghost. And you know something I've noticed about people too? When God does bless them, Sometimes they get so enamored and so caught up with the blessing, they forget the God of the blessing. Amen. I, I've seen people here that hadn't had vehicles for god Lord knows how long, and all of a sudden they got a vehicle. And what's the first thing they stop doing? They stop coming to the house of worship. They stop coming to the house of prayer. They get so absorbed or caught up with the blessing, they forget the blesser. They forget it was God who looked upon them and favored them and and opened up his grace to them and, and gave them provision, gave them a house, gave them a car, gave them whatever. Amen. So, amen, don't get caught up in trying to meet everybody's needs that God did not tell you to. If he didn't assign it, don't do it. Okay? The Lord did not intend for you to be a junkyard but a gold mine. God does not want everybody dumping their junk in your yard. Because people will take advantage of that. People will seize the moment and opportunity to, amen. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, here it is. Milk your compassion and milk your heart. Milk it till it's dry. And you will be left in a place, amen, wondering what's going on. And if you don't guard your heart, you can become resentful yourself. For after you've helped someone, you've seen them become a waster or are not a good steward or or, or or they forget God, they start enjoying pleasure more than the the God of pleasure, amen. And and, and and they start worshiping the creature more than the Creator. And if you're not guarding your heart, you can get angry, you can get defiled, you can become bitter. And so, amen, understand the wisdom here is you don't have to help everybody if God didn't assign you to help that person. Now I'm preaching to myself right now, I know, so y'all might as well go ahead and say amen, Brother Marcus. Preaching to yourself. But don't get pulled into a battle that the Lord didn't call you to fight in. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Everybody wants you to fight their battles. And everybody wants you to pray for them. And people are too lazy to pray for themselves sometimes. You know, I I don't mind praying for anybody. I'll pray for anybody. But, you know, if you're lazy in prayer, you need to call God before you call me. Because God just might tell me. The Lord just might tell me, amen, that, that you're not praying, amen. Now, there's times you don't feel like praying. There's times that you don't know how to pray. But you've still got the Holy Ghost. He can pray with you and in you when you don't know how to pray or what to pray, amen. But what amen, I'm saying brother. is this, is you need to learn, amen, to fight your own battles sometime, amen. You, you, you need to learn not to fight everybody else's battle. Sometimes we get so busy fighting everybody else's battle, we forget home front. We forget, amen, our own home, our own family, our own children, our own wife, our own husband, our our own relatives. Amen? And and people will pull you thin. They will stretch you like a piece of, amen, cotton candy. And when you're bruised and beat up and burned out and they're still being blessed, my God, you call upon them for help and sometimes they won't be there. I remember in, in time past when I was able to, I would literally given thousands and thousands of dollars to a particular ministry. And one time, I needed their help. In fact, I'll tell you when it was. And then I went through a season, and, and people know about this because, thank God for Steve Quell and Greg Emerson, they brought this to the attention of the listeners. We didn't have no propane in the midst of winter. It was cold. You ever take, you ever take a cold shower in the midst of winter? You know, I mean, I was plagued by a curse of wrinkles. Glory to God But I didn't have no money and, and the very ministry that I had given thousands of dollars to Couldn't buy me a hundred dollars worth of propane Brother, something wrong with that Sister, something wrong with that picture there Amen and, and all too often we end up fighting battles for everybody else Sometimes we're not called to it Sometimes we feel a compassion Amen And it's good we're moved with compassion But just because you're moved with compassion Does not mean you're called to respond to that particular need. Okay. And you've got to learn to let the Lord pick your fights. You can't just jump in your fight that you think you're up to. You know, you want a man up and you want to mama up. But sometimes, amen, that's not your fight. If you get in a fight that you weren't called to, amen, and you start trying to exercise authority that you're not given, you'll end up like the sons of Sceva. They were trying to use the name of Jesus, amen, to do spiritual warfare with. Amen. And and, and don't get caught up in a battle. That you're not called to Only go to the fight That you've been invited to And the one to invite you Is the Holy Spirit Because he's the one That will give you the power He will have your back He will give you the spiritual ammo ammo, And uh, the the technology To fight and win Amen So there's a good piece of wisdom For you right there Glory to God Somebody say good teaching Brother Marcus Amen. Uh, Amen The Lord has keys That you need To understand About doors ...for ministry. You don't have to force any door open. If God has called you to have an open door, he will open it for you in his time. Be faithful in your gift. When you're faithful in your gift, he will make room for you, and your gift will make room for you in the timing of God. Many of you are about to come into a time of open door season when your ministry is going to come forth, it's going to flourish, and it's going to be amen anointed of God... And God is going to cause it to be very, very fruitful. Amen. But don't force the doors open. Wait for him. He'll open them. And when he does, he'll open, no door, he'll open doors that no man can shut. Some will try, but they can't do it. Amen. So um, I also want to give you a couple more uh, keys of wisdom real quick. Spend more time with God than man. Many of you are too consumed with spending time with people. You spend more time with people than you do with God. And what happens is you become who you associate with. And in a natural sense, your friends are a prophecy of who you're going to become. That's why you've got to watch who you hang with. But most people spend more time with people than they do God themselves. They love people. They want to minister to people. That's all fine and good. But you can't minister fully and effectively to people without spending that quality time with God first. So I want to exhort you, warriors, spend more, and some of you are not studying enough. Amen. Some of you have no substance to what you say. You know, please forgive me, but I'm I'm having to say it like the Spirit gives it to me. Amen. You need to spend more time, amen, in the Word. Now, I know the Scripture says, open your mouth and He will fill it. But if there's nothing there to fill it with, and that is the knowledge of His revealed Word, then you're going to be standing in front of people looking at like a cow at the wrong gate Without too much to say of no substance You can talk this and talk that But if you're not talking the word Amen, Coming out of your heart Through revelation of the spirit of God You're not ministering to the spirit of man You might minister to their intellect You, you might minister to their soul But you're not ministering to their spirit with the word So warriors please 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 spend time with God Spend time with his word Amen Now this may get me in trouble I'm going to share one last key here. Facebook, chat rooms, and other social networks have snared some believers to use them to defame and fight other believers. These things that I just mentioned, the chat rooms, uh, the Facebook and other social networks, they're monitored by people in high places. There are people that are placed there to get you stirred up against someone else. They don't want you to fight the real adversary. They want you to fight each other. And they'll cause you to get hung up on some little jot and tittle, nothing of any major importance. And some people just have a spirit of nag anyway. They want to nag this, nag that, criticize this, criticize that. Look, our chat room is for the edification of the believers. Our chat room is for you to hear the word of the Lord. Our chat room is for you to honor one another, to respect one another, to love one another. Facebook. Don't even get me started. Amen. Some of you have a fascination with social networks. You've allowed electronics to become your God. You, try shutting your electronics off one day. Shut your cell phone off. Shut your computer off. Your iPad, ePad, iPad, me-pad, we all pad. Shut them off. And see what happens. See how it makes you feel and see what kind of addiction you have. If you can live without it, you're not addicted to it. If you can't live without it, you've got an addiction that you need to have the Lord to deal with. Now, brothers and sisters, I know that's a hard word, and I'm closing out here. I hope and pray you still love me. I I pray that something that I've said tonight will have been a blessing to you, strength to you, encouragement to you, life to you. I don't come on the radio to show how much I know because I don't know nothing. Only the Holy Spirit has knowledge. And if anything that I say is life, it's not because I'm a good teacher. It's because the Holy Ghost is the teacher. It's because I have a sincere passion for Jesus and an authentic anointing of the Holy Ghost. Because Amen. I I I'm just a piece of clay. I'm not to be looked upon. I'm not to be admired. Uh I'm I'm you know, if you follow me, then you follow me only because I follow Jesus, like Paul said. Amen.
1: You can listen to this teaching again and download it to share with your friends by going to propheticmessage.org. Just click on Marcus in the links window to access all of the archived audio. And be sure to join us at Witness Project throughout the week for additional programming. Great Christian music, praise and worship, and fellowship in the chat room. Just point your browser to mixlr.com slash witnessproject. Send us your prayer requests at prayer at witnessproj.org, that's W I T N E S S P R O J.org, during the week, and we will be praying for you on Warcry each Sunday evening. See you next time.